Welcome to this edition of the Million Dollar Mastermind Podcast. This is where we pick the brains of high achievers from all walks of life and get their hard-earned, real-world insights on winning. I'm your host, Larry Wydell. I'm here with Colin McIntosh, and uh, Colin's from Denver, Colorado, transplanted Floridian, and uh, uh, sounds like you're permanently planted in Denver. I am. I've been here seven years now, and um, I just got engaged two months ago, so um, thank you. I uh, got engaged on Moab, totally beautiful, uh, stunning place out there in Utah. Um, have you been? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah spectacular special place we're, we're thinking about doing the wedding out there actually really uh, yeah so i'm officially I'm a, I'm a coloradan i'm not going anywhere and i, I bought my my first house uh, uh last year year and a half ago where i'm you know i'm sitting in now and uh it's it's wonderful to have roots in a place you know i i grew up in florida i went to school in atlanta i worked at bridgewater associates in connecticut right out of school um I became, a, I flew out to Seattle. I worked at a startup in Seattle and, you know, I, so it's really nice to feel connected to a, to a place. When you, uh, uh, how long have you been going and, and, uh, uh, sharing ideas of the entrepreneur, uh, on entrepreneurship back at Emory? Uh, I, since 2014, I think was the first time I went. Wow. So you, so I, I, I think pro of this now. You know what? Actually, I think it was 2015. I think it was when I started when I went through TechStars the first time with um, the last company I was at. They reached out and they asked me, "Hey, would you come talk about accelerators and your experience with TechStars?" Because um, Emory didn't, doesn't really have that robust of an on, at least it didn't used to have a very robust entrepreneurship program. In fact, when I was in college, I wanted to start a business, and the school had a policy that said you were not allowed to start businesses on campus because of legal liability. And I got into a big fight with the Dean and he said, look, we're not going to, we're not gonna let you start this business because, you know, we don't, we just have a policy of students aren't allowed to start businesses on campus. And I, it was like 2010 or 2011. And I, and I told them, I said, Hey man, you call yourself the Harvard of the South. You, you, what you think Harvard doesn't let their students start businesses on campus. Like, yeah. Well, like what? Like what? Like, yeah. And, and I and I and I said, so look, you know, I said I'll give you two options. I never forget this conversation. I said two options. One is you let me start my business, and uh, I will be, you know, in the future I'll be a big donator to Emory, and I'll and I'll remember that you guys really, you know, helped me out of my my journey. Or two, you don't let me start my business, and I'll never donate a cent to Emory in my entire life. <laughs> and he goes, he just goes two. And I was like, great. And I walk and I walked out the door and I was like, and, and I was, and, and I literally, every time they call me, I go, let me tell you a story about a conversation I had with the Dean 10 years ago, 15, 12 years ago. And, um, but you know, I, I give back by, I go back and I, I teach and I, you know, I like to lecture and, and that sort of thing. And, um, but yeah, I don't, I don't give any money you, to that. School. <laughs> what do you think of, what do you think of the most important things? If you kind of, come around to realizing the are the most important things for uh uh kids coming up who are interested in entrepreneurship which would probably be the same things that, and that they need to know questions they have probably the same things for people 
who are not in uh, grad school and uh, are starting a business or wanting to start a business. So what, what do you impress upon them as insights? Uh, so on a, on a macro level, I would tell them, I tell all the kids this at Emory, I say, what do you, I say, what do you want to do? Oh, I want to be an accountant. I want to do this. I want to do that. And I was like, all right, well, let me, let me tell you what that looks like. I'm like, it looks like working for somebody else, having their stresses be your stresses. Um, you will never make as much money as you want to make. It will always be tied to the business's performance, your, your competitive landscape for who they can rehire in your field. Da, da, da. And I'm like, and, and I said, you guys are smart kids with good educations and you will always, always be able to go down that path, always. Whereas if you start a business, the worst thing that can possibly happen to you is in six months, the company doesn't do well and you'll figure that out pretty quickly. In fact, you can do it a lot faster than six months if you have some, some barriers set up to see if you're actually doing what you need to be doing. And I said, in, in the best case outcome is that you can change the course of your life. Um, and I, the cost benefit analysis for people who are privileged enough to have good educations and have the fallback option of a good career, it, it is so skewed in favor of starting a business that it is mind boggling to me that every single one of my friends in Denver who is a professional has not yet started their own business. It, it blows my mind. And so I, I always try to let them know that the risk is so much lower than the reward for starting your own business. Now, is that an eye opener for them? It seems like they would be, have thought about this. I, I think human, Can you human judge being, by the questions you get or the response you get. Uh, I mean, if you're, it's, if you're, if you're, if you're a kid, you're 22 and you get an, a six figure offer out of school at a bank or something like that, it's, you know, it's hard to say no to, like, it's hard, right. you know, it's, it, and, and I think there is value in working for someone else for a while and learning, you know, at that company. But, um, you know, so I'm not encouraging people to drop out and start a business or, or give up on, on a career path. But I think that after a few years, three, four, five, six, seven years, you know, maybe you're in your thirties, you have a little bit more money saved up. Like, I, I think, I think the real trouble is people get into this life path Thank where you. they're, you know, they're 31, they're 32, they're getting married. They, they have a really nice income with their job. They're going to have a kid they're stuck. And, the, and, and the risks start to pile up in their mind. Right. But even so, even so it, you can, you can start a business on the side. You can start, a, you can figure out in three months if it's going to work or not. And, and usually the worst case scenario is you cost yourself a few thousand dollars and three months of earning potential. You know? Right. And I think you understand it exactly. It's like going right out of school. Probably. Needs, probably the, the, the difficulty is way higher because you, you, don't, probably, you, don't, you don't have a Rolodex. You don't have training. Probably, yeah. You probably need more life experiences, contacts. Right. And, you know, you need to probably emotionally grow up, you know, and uh, yeah, yeah. And the ones that I've talked to on uh, on this podcast that seem to have had somehow they got it in their mind, like right from the beginning. See, where I think you're doing them a favor, even the people that might argue with you, you know, I'm going to get it. You know, I want security or whatever. Uh, the thing is that uh, they need to hear it. 
Right. So they can, when things happen to them, you know, like if you work for a corporation, you're going to get screwed. And it might, yeah. be, it might be two years, 20 years, you know, and the sooner the better, because if right. you're 20 years, now you got the bigger home, you got the bigger obligations, the kids are going to college. And, you know, when they toss you out, like right now, Jamie Dimon, who I've been in business with before, you know, Jamie uh, running uh, 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 JP Morgan, they're getting ready to, uh, they're doing the, putting the squeeze on employees to show up in offices because they've got a lot of retail space and they want to break that cycle of people working at home, you know? And so he's getting ready to move. He's got a lot of reasons to want to make people force people to show up but here's the thing here's the figure that came out of there they they're getting a brand new huge building in new york city and they're going to have 15,000 employees go in there now let me ask you you're one of 15,000 you better swim upstream very quickly because you know when they do lay you know it's the thing a corporation that you need to know is that corporations are like glaciers they look yes. like monoliths. Yes. Never change. Big piece of concrete. But they're always changing. They're always melting. Cracks are always uh, in, involved somewhere in there. And they're calving and big sections are falling off here and there. And they're morphing. You know, corporations are more. And if they decide to lay off a division or this, that, the other, or, you know, whatever, you know, move something to another country or another state. You're you're gone, and uh, no, yeah. not you personally, you know. No, it's it's, it's the 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 thing I tell people is like, you're. I don't know. Some people want to work for other people. I I I got fired from my first job, and it was the best thing that ever happened to me. Like like you know, and, and I think that like a lot of people need to have that wake up call before they're actually ready to go out on a limb and start their own business. You've got to get your healthcare ripped away from you suddenly. You've got to get your salary ripped away from you suddenly. You've got to get screwed. You've got to get mean. You got to get angry. Like there's got to be something that happens because most people, the inertia is so powerful that if they're if they're if they they have a comfortable life and they like their life right. and they're moving on with exactly. it, they, they won't risk that. Even though I think that they just overblow the risk in their minds. I think that that's the thing is they they think it's like this really scary prospect. And I think the other thing is this fear of failure that people have, like you know, if Sheets and Giggles goes out of business, like, which is always a possibility, you know, for a young company, like in, right. in a high growth company, like, if it does that, I will feel bad. But I won't feel like a failure, like in the sense right. of like, I will, I will regret decisions I make, I made, I will regret things that I could have done better. But at the same time, it's just a corporation it's just, it's just an idea. It's, it's nebulous, you know, it's not. And so for me, like, I feel really good in, in saying that, like, I'm, I'm not defined by my company. I say that as I'm wearing a Sheets and Giggles shirt and a Sheets and Giggles office, but that's, that's actually one of the reasons what we talked about earlier with social media is that's one of the reasons why my persona is not completely tied to my company is because I don't, I don't want to be a the company i want to be calling you know and and i think that people um fear failure so much because they tie themselves and their personas and their value to their their ink you know and they, and they and shouldn't absolutely and the sooner you start thinking uh getting out of college and working for other 
people, other companies right off the bat is right from the beginning, they went in with the idea, I'm gonna get as many skills as I can. I'm gonna ask as many questions. I'm gonna volunteer for every project I possibly can. I'm gonna meet as many people as I can. And I'm gonna suck all of the education uh, and experiences out of that company that I can while I either locate my next step or I uh, uh, find my own company, you know? And if yeah. I don't, if it doesn't crystallize, you know, in a couple of years, and I talk to a high level, uh, not high level, but like mid, mid management, she called it uh, uh, on the podcast, uh, a lady who, who did that all the time. And she said, you know, when people make 80 to 100, 120,000, she said, the turnover there is every two and a half years. And so if you know that, uh, if, if you know that that's what happens for whatever reason, you're going to really want to make your time count wherever you are. That's the best thing you can right. do to stay employed and move up, you know, swim upstream and become more valuable where the company knows who you are and they're going to keep you no matter what, uh, because you're unique, you know, you're, uh, you're you're making a money basically. No, but I'm at, and my and my second job. So my set my first job was at Bridgewater. I got fired in six months. No hard feelings. Um, and then my second job was as a recruiter. Uh, and I and I became a recruiter for banks, for hedge funds, for startups. That's how I got into startups. Okay, there you go. And and I that job I was like a sponge. Like I I, I learned everything I could about software development. I learned everything I could about uh you know the, the roles that i was recruiting for the why is this role valuable why is this role valuable scoping out the roles of my clients like understanding their business needs and why they needed to hire this person for their business needs and it was such an incredible education with so much context switching and you know and i and i i was up working till two in the morning every night like you know messaging people on linkedin and trying to find the right candidate and my my colleagues used to call me a recruiting vampire um, but, you know, even then you could see kind of like the differences between the way that I would approach that job versus somebody right. who's treating it as a nine to five. Right. I was 20, I was 23. And I was like, I just got fired from my first job. I got to learn some shit, some valuable yeah. transferable shit. Right. And go. yeah. And I ended up, uh, funny enough, I ended up hiring myself at one of my clients in Seattle for a biz dev role. So then I moved to do a biz dev role. And then things kind of went from there um, for me. So, but I, but yeah, you a hundred percent, you gotta, you gotta really, I, you know, I used to make the coffee and take out the trash and do everything in between, you know, like, and, and um, I will say, I, I think that, I think that that attitude is shifting a little bit, but uh, then I, then I'm just, you know, I start to think I'm the old guy being like kids these days, you know, like, right. <laughs> you know, <laughs> shaking, shaking my fist at a cloud and I'm 32, yeah. you know, yeah. so it's not, yeah. Thanks for listening to the Million Dollar Mastermind. If you felt there were any valuable takeaways from this episode, please take a minute and leave us a five-star review. Your feedback is important and really helps us get the word out to a wider audience. Remember, we have a valuable webinar that is absolutely free. Register for it right now at whitealamwinning.com. Thanks for listening.